Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. And here we are, another uh, Saturday on CCULM. We talk real estate, welcoming your real estate questions either by phone or by text. Before we say hi to Chris and Andy, 651-989-9226. We've cleared the line, so if you have a real estate, uh, real estate question by phone, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send the guys a text, 81807. Well, here we are. A week has gone by. How were, uh, was your week in real estate, guys? Me? Uh, you know, boy, it was uh, refreshingly uh, um, active. And uh, I'm starting to feel the the uh, fall, if you will, kind of uh, yep. customer traffic coming back. We um, for as you read in the paper this week, uh, like I think it was uh, the January or July starts for new construction were down like forty percent. I mean, those are staggering numbers. I mean, so it fell off a cliff. And when we were talking about it a couple months ago, saying yeah, it's a little slower, it's a lot slower than I thought. But it's it'll come back. I think that we, you know, uh, some of the professionals that they were you know, uh, referencing in their articles, we're talking about how we pulled, kind of robbed the future of some of our future buyers, you know, fearing that they were going to have higher interest rates in the future. So some people took action earlier in the spring. That's why we had such a great spring. Um, but that's okay. They're coming back now. Um, I think that the summer vacations are kind of winding down. They can, you know, like I always say, when you start hearing the back to school ads, you, you kind of see the market pick up again. So I think a lot of people might laugh when you say it was kind of slow because, I mean, some markets are seeing craziness still. I mean, but it, it is. It's price. That was new construction, or, by the way, just for the yeah. Okay, yeah, but I mean, there is other markets that are also real slow as well. And then there's markets that just fly out the door. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just it, it's it's real different. But I think the thing that we run into when it starts getting into August is, I mean, when do you put the house on now? So we got a lot of people thinking, hey, you know what? We're going to do it. Got through the summer. Let's do it. But it's kind of like we got to play around that whole Labor Day thing. And that's what, and yep. we do that in July too, around the July Fourth weekend. And this year, July Fourth didn't hurt us at all. Right. Typically, in past years, you get a week before and a week after. It's mm-hmm. a lag, you know. And so, but I always, you know, I've talked to a couple of people. I said, hey, if we can't get it on. 
by, you know, somewhere around the 20th, then I think we wait until after Labor Day mm-hmm. because people go into that that mode of, you know, I'm getting ready for school. And then all we're doing is we're creating market time mm-hmm. and it's not no advantage. Well, correct. And I think that there's, uh, Danny, you know, it's interesting. This time of the year is when our old creative marketing gets uh, a real uh, run for its money because you, you run open houses on weekends because that's when we think everybody wants Nobody's around right now on the weekends. So when we, we've been like three times more effective running opens during the week where people are coming home from work, they're getting to the open house after, between this and between dinner. I mean, they're not there to screw around. They're there to see the house, get uh, yeah. in and get out, give them their information and keep moving. Um, we're getting more effective uh, results with, with doing things creatively like during the week, thinking about how the buyer is living. You know, they're busy, they're whatever. And then, you know, so it's been working out nice. But it's you got to be a little creative right now in some of those markets. Like we said, new construction um, it is starting to pick up again, which is good, because um, that seems to fuel and feed all the other markets. When people are moving up, then that first-time home buyer uh, house comes up for sale, or you know. Yeah, and I think too, um, you know, when we're talking about as the market progresses here, and you're getting more market time uh-huh. um, on listings. I'll tell you what, if you haven't, you know, you, when you when you market a home and, and prepare a house for the market. I think you you need to be able to get it right away and do it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people kind of screw up and make the mistake. And then it's always trying to kind of always fighting from behind, you know, and you yeah. think that you're, you're chasing things. And then it becomes, okay, we better do another open house. We better do no, another open house. When in reality, we maybe didn't position it right at the beginning. Yeah. But if we did position it right and all the marketing is good, then it, you got two choices, mm-hmm. you know. You either gotta, I mean, you gotta wait, wait it out, mm-hmm. wait that price out, or you gotta go chase the market, and that's so, when price goes down. So let me ask you a question. So, like I always say, when your house has been on the market for so many days, the market is just telling you they reject your price at the condition you're at. They're rejecting your price. What is that window right now? Do you think of time? Because it used to be two months. It used to be a month. But I think it varies it, yeah. depending on what price point you're at. I mean, because and it varies based on how many people go in. You know, because right. there's there's some houses out there and listings in, in certain brackets that you're getting one, maybe two showings a month, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not it's not bad. It's just what that's just what it is. That's and, how many fish are in the pond at that time. Yeah. Exactly. That, that are looking at it. Um, but then there's other listings that are getting 20, 30 showings. Mm-hmm. And then you got to react on those. Or if it's in that hot of a market, yeah. you know, you got a choice. Let's just wait it out. Well, if you're in a hot market and you've been on the market two weeks, I think it's pretty safe to say that the market is rejecting your price or your condition or both. And so price, condition, location are the only things that we really can uh, look at when people are buying houses because you pick that location when you bought it, Right. You can change the condition. That's the good thing. So you look for that constructive uh, criticism or what they call feedback. Um, and I want, what could I do to improve the property? Does the house have a um, you know, a carpet that should be replaced because it just sets the, like we've talked about, curb appeal. Can we you know, remodel the outside of the house quickly before we do showings? Um, the sight, sound, smells in, inside the house can also influence all those decisions. But then ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to price where if you've had 10 showings or more, I usually say you should see an offer. And if you don't, let's say you're on showing number 30 and you still don't have an offer, I would react quick. I'd move my price faster. We used to sit for, for a month before we touched the price. I'd react quicker because the otherwise those buyers go away and they don't ever come back. So I think, you know, you talk about feedback too. And, um, you know, a big feedback is if you get no showings. Mm-hmm. You know, the feedback is there's, there's, something, there's something wrong. We missed the mark somewhere. Maybe that is the marketing. Maybe that's the photos that are out there. Or and maybe it's the price because – People, contrary to popular belief, people don't sit there and think about, um, you know, hey, okay, that one's listed at nine hundred thousand. I'm betting 
you know, since it's been on the market 37 days, they're going to accept 820. They don't think that way. It's the opposite. They think that, they think that hey, it's 900000 and that's what it is. And you know what? And here's what they do online. They look at it and say, you know, that's nice and everything. It looks just a little high. And then they pass it over, mm-hmm. you know. And then if they're on a search from us, you can actually get rid of that listing. And then it's gone out of their thing. And so then that's why where realtors come in. And people have probably seen this where a listing that used to be on is gone. And now all of a sudden it comes back on. People are canceling those listings and bringing them back on as new at a different price just to kind of get a new uh, feel for it and get it in front of those people again. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226. Guys, let's go to the phones. Uh, Steve is calling from Bloomington, I believe. Steve, you're on CCO. Thank you. Yeah, hi, uh, fellas. I've got a question for you. Um, I've been in my house. Uh, my wife and I have been in the house for a long time, raised the kids. We're all out of the house now. Uh, time to downsize. Um, I've been considering a townhome. There is a specific neighborhood uh, in a different uh, suburb of Bloomington, not Bloomington, but out uh, west of the cities, uh, that I'm very interested in the townhomes in that neighborhood. None are currently listed. Uh, do uh, and we're in a position. I don't have to sell. I don't have to purchase anything contingent. Uh, I don't have to sell my house first. I can. We can move quickly if something came available. Do we just wait until something gets listed with a realtor, or is there a better way to um, go about uh, uh, finding a home in that neighborhood uh, that that may be coming soon? Uh, we're ready to move. Uh, so what's the best approach? I can hang up or I can stand on it. What do you prefer? Welcome to the new market, Steve. <clears throat> I, I tell you, this is the conundrum that we all are having right now is it's there's there's plenty of demand on those areas. There's there's probably ten people just like you looking to get in that area, and and sometimes it's good old fashioned hard work that'll get you there. Um, taking for an example the proactive approach of um, you know putting out uh, letters to the area saying hey we're looking to move in the area. I'm a potential buyer. I can provide you with a non contingent purchase agreement. My agent will write up both sides of the transaction and you you negotiate that in. But I'll tell you what, don't expect to get something at a discount when you do that because. Now you're asking somebody to sell, and they're going to say, well, I'll sell at this price. And then so you may have to pay a little more to get that luxury of, of you know, getting the needle in the haystack, but but it's a good strategy. It's worked for me before. Well, it's interesting, too, because this this last week I got two calls from people that got that exact same thing. One person was ta- talking uh, out on the street and saying, hey, we're thinking about we'd love to live in this neighborhood. And they asked these people, and they ended up calling me, and another one got a letter, and then those sellers called me again. And said, "Hey, what, what what should we do on this point?" Now, the one thing that you run into is there's a lot of marketing gimmicks that are happening with that, with a, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with that. So it's kind of like in what some realtors will use it or marketing saying, "Hey, I've got a client that wants to live in here." They have no client that wants to go in there, and they just all their intention is is just to list the home. So I think coming a letter coming from I've had better response because my clients call me when it comes directly from. Um, a homeowner. A homeowner. That someone's, hey, looking in. And just a little more detailed. Hey, we live in Bloomington. You know, our kids are, yeah. um, you know, are moving out. We're looking to do something. We, we can be non-contingent. Mm-hmm. We'd love this area if you'd be interested in selling. We know the Petersons, the Johnsons, and, you know, down the street. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. We've, we've looked at that with buyers, reps, bringing us kind of the, the photo of the family and the kind of cute little resume story of why they want to live in your house. When there's multiple offers, you could do the same application with this. All right. We have more show to come. If you have a real estate type of question, by all means, call us or text us 651 
989-9226 or send a text 81807. We'll pick up on some text messages as well when we come back. And welcome back to this uh, portion of our real estate show around every Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour, welcoming your calls and text messages related to real estate. 651-989-9226. A text is 81807. You know, Chris and Andy, uh, before I mention, I see we, we did get a text, and I should mention this. I did it earlier, that for those that want to listen online, perfect. what you need to do is, if you haven't done, uh, and it doesn't cost anything, go to the App Store, download Radio.com, Radio.com. That's the app you can download on your phone, either iPhone or Android. Again, go to the App Store, download it for free. It costs you nothing. So in order to hear CCO Radio, Radio.com. Is I'm, I'm going to have to do that for my mom and dad before they leave to Arizona. Oh, yeah. They they have a whole crew down there that listens to our show all the time. So. Well, that's true. They'll need that. Yes. Radio.com. Yep. All right. Totally. So that we did get. All right. There's another text that you find there? Yeah. It, well, it kind of goes off of what Steve from Bloomington just said. He, the over under 50% the people that don't downsize when their kids move out. So basically asking when kids move out, do people um, uh, downsize? Downsize. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we get into when you talk about downsizing. Um, I think sometimes it becomes right sizing. I mean, I think it's the same yeah. word, yeah. you know, and not necessarily that go smaller. I was just, I was actually just showing a a, a townhome uh, this morning, and we talked about, you know, the fact that they came from a nice, uh, I mean, a nice big house, and actually are renting in the interim, but to be able to have a basement that has storage in it, because sometimes, you know, downsizing. You, that means you got to get rid of everything. And a lot of people, you know, you, you do that and you go into a whole new lifestyle. I mean, those things kind of conflict sometimes and then they turn around and move. So having some extra space uh, in the basement. But, Andy, what do you think? Uh, 50% over and under once the kids leave the nest, when uh, are, are they downsizing right away? I wouldn't say they are. I, I don't think so. I mean, actually, I think that's part of our housing problem. I think the under. people are – I think the there's – I was going to say, I think they're staying. And uh, I think that there's – a lack of people wanting to give up all those luxury features and large room sizes, and they they're still working. I think people are working longer now than they used to. Um, you know. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take the phone yeah? Call? Let's take a phone call, and uh, and then we're going to grab some text messages. And in St. Paul, as they're calling in, and the guys are listening. Uh, thank you very much. I have a Victorian home built in 1905. There are two uh, full bathrooms. One on the third floor has a clawfoot tub. The second one on the second floor, the main floor, has currently has a tub and a built-in shower. I'd like to, I would like to remove the, um, the the tub on the second floor and turn it into a beautiful shower with a seat and all that. Will I lose any home value if I remove the tub on the second floor? It's interesting. I mean, it's a clawfoot tub, and I mean, a, in a 1905 Victorian, that's kind of. Uh, I don't know. That that kind of goes with the era. The style, yeah. Yeah. But then again, a nice big walk-in shower is kind of gives you, hey, I, I got the feel of the old, mm-hmm. but, geez, I want some newer amenities. And I thought Ann said that it was possibly that the, the clawfoot was up on the third floor and that the main level just had a regular tub and a shower. Um, so I think that what you're saying is I would leave the upstairs and carry the character of the upstairs bathroom. The main level I would be okay with modernizing, but – Talk to an interior decorator. Make sure that you're pulling in some of the colors, the accents, the the feel of that era with the modern, you know, uh, amenities and fun stuff. So those those homes, I mean, and that's you'll a, be okay. Yeah, the 1905 Victorians are 
Awesome. Well, and there's something to be said for Crystal. I mean, being comfortable in the house you're living in, too, where she wants a bigger walk-in shower with a nice seat in it or whatever, awesome. You need that. So you're living in the house. It's your place. Do it. Yeah. Another text came in. Can you read that, Chris? Yeah. Are there strategies to sell and use cash to buy a second home without having to take out a loan? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of them. Uh, doing a home equity loan against your, your property. And uh, during the break, Andy and I were just talking about what a great position Steve from Bloomington's in, mm-hmm. you know, not having to be able to sell his house. And I'll tell you what, here's what happens is that, I mean, sometimes you'll sell your house and it's going to be, you know, it's closing. And then you go out and uh, go purchase another house and say, hey, my house is sold. But these guys obviously got to buy my house first. Right. Well, a lot of things happen with those little houses that uh, that are behind the thing. So it makes it less attractive in which to a seller. And in, in a hot market, mm-hmm. and like the one that Steve's talking about, you know, in a, in a neighborhood that there's no townhomes listed. Right. You know, you got to be able to be able to react mm-hmm. and be able to be the best choice for that. It's not necessarily the best price. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, a lot of people will come back and look at the best, um, who's positioned the best, mm-hmm. and then go back and counter them instead. Well, and Chris, what's your opinion as a listing agent? I know that I, when somebody tells me I'm coming in with a cash offer, I roll my eyes because I'm waiting for them to lowball me or I'm waiting for them to ask for a bunch of freebies because they think cash is king. If honest to goodness, you have to wait for a closing date anyway, and you're you're going to that closing, assuming that you've priced that house correctly so it'll appraise, right? Who cares if it's cash or if it's finance? I, as a seller, don't care. I mean, honestly, unless I'm worried about an appraisal or I'm worried about the condition of the house or something like that, there's really no value on cash. Cash is king when you're buying things that can't be financed. Cash is king when you're trying to move quick. Cash is king when you buy as is. You know, those, you hear all the commercials on, we'll buy it even with, you know, you don't need to move out. That's what they're doing is they're coming in and offering you a super low wholesale price because that's where, basically, that's a cash buyer buying cash from people that are basically willing to sell their house as is. So they're just circumventing everybody and trying to save that money. But, but anyway, we're, we're having in some of the markets, as like the lake market, yep. um, where people are borrowing the money to be able to make it a cash deal, you know, because that's almost what you need because right. the lake market is driving up so fast yep. that appraisals do become and- a problem. And then other people write offers and they say, hey, we'll pay this as long as it appraises for this. Sure. Well, that's just a total, I mean. Well, and you know, one other strategy, you and I, our buddy uh, Jeff Flannery down at uh, Cambria, um, they have a uh, mortgage product called the Reverse for Purchase, where he would take a guy like Steve's house, use the equity to go purchase the other house, and knowing that they're going to have two payments, they have a really cool program where basically you move into the new place, then we put the old place up for sale, and we should, uh, we should get him back on again and revisit that product because it's a really – I know a lot of people are scared of reverses, but they're – boy, they can be a great asset. Yeah, they've changed right. a lot. We'll take this break. Be right back with more show, more real estate show here on 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's real estate show on this Saturday morning. If you have that kind of a question, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. A line is open if you want to use it. Or send a text, 81807. Chris and Andy, I see we have a bunch of text messages. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Hey, guys, how does our cold weather really influence the desire to move to Minnesota? I've heard folks say they cannot live here. Doesn't that influence our pricing power? I think uh, people moving in here are moving in here for a purpose, and it's usually yep. a job, and we got a really good job market. And uh, – yeah, it kind of does stink in the winter. There's a, but there's a lot of cool things here, though, and I'm sure other listeners are th- saying the same thing. I mean, I personally enjoy having looking forward to the next season. I do. I mean, even if it is winter or it's cold or whatever, I I love it. And then you begin to look forward to spring. And, you know, so there, there's a lot of people. And the other thing is the geography of the Twin Cities is interesting. 
we're not pinned against an ocean where we only can go one direction, you know, either up or to the, you know, east or to the west. We actually can go out in all four corners, which is interesting. So our market has a lot of new construction. It has a lot of other products that some of those east coast and west coast cities do not have because they, they just can't. Or if they do it, they have to pay so much for it, it's unbelievable. So their prices go through the roof. So we have a pretty good balance, what they call affordability, um, where you can make a nice living, you can have a very nice home in a very safe area and, and have lots of things uh, to do. So I think there's going to be demand on the Twin Cities for many, many years. Yeah, sure. the, the extremes are everywhere. I mean, you talk about Arizona and it's 120 degrees and I saw the coolest thing on Facebook. Did you see that dust storm photo yes. that they had from the helicopter? Yeah. Oh, that was cool. And you also I mean, have uh, places like uh, Florida. That yeah, you can't live there in the summer. No. Yeah. All sorts of critters grow. So there's a trade-off everywhere. We were just down there, and I thought, you know, the ultimate roadkill picture. I was sitting there, and it was sad, but there was about an eight-foot alligator on the side of the road. This was two months ago that just got hit by a car. I'm like, God, you wouldn't think you'd hit something like that. I mean, that would flip a car. Yeah, yeah. totally. All right, we got a long text here. Uh, Our daughter and son-in-law searched for a house in St. Paul Highland area uh, in West St. Paul for four months this spring. And found it extremely difficult to be a buyer because there's such a frenzy. So true. Uh, again, that's another pricing segment. But I think people will be interested to hear kind of where this pricing is. Uh, their last offer, which was their third one on the third house, was for 50000 over asking price. And there was 20 offers on the house. And they obviously they didn't get it. It went for 76000 over list price. Right now, uh, they're leasing an apartment and will continue to look but will not pay these high Bubble-like prices. Um, do you have any suggestions or an approximate timetable when prices will come back toward normal? Uh, I don't know if there's a new normal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the houses they made the offer on appreciated forty thousand in twelve months. The last house they did not get sold for six hundred and seventy-six thousand. So they're not looking at the lower-priced houses. They they started uh, at two hundred thousand where they wanted to look for, and they're up mm-hmm. to six hundred and fifty. So it's been pretty traumatic. Um, so kind of interesting uh, on that part, it's, uh, and that's what it is. And I'll tell you what, is there some tips um, to try to get these offers? I, we usually I do a lot of listings, and we get a lot of multiple offers. And, you know, things that work for us, I mean, the, the old letter to the seller um, is one of those things I try to keep away from the seller mm-hmm. just because it becomes an emotional thing. But I always give them the option to say, hey, you know what, they did write a letter if you, wanted, if you wanted to see it. And a lot of them see it, and I'll tell you what, it does help. Mm-hmm. It does sway them to kind of put, um, you know, something next to that ink. It's like, hey, there's a real yeah. person. And, you know, we had we had one where um, their their family situations were almost identical when these people started in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the new family coming in. And it wasn't like we were less, but it, it, it made a difference of us getting the deal. Oh, for sure. I think that there's – okay, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Let me give you a little real estate 101. Um, when you go in and, for an example, you pick one of the hottest top five neighborhoods in the Twin Cities to try to buy a house in, expect that kind of behavior to be happening. Um, you know, just like when we were in the middle of the the downturn of, of housing and you'd go to Linden Hills and Linden Hills still was getting multiple offers on their houses, some markets don't change. Some markets will always be in demand. Some markets are just – they're just a cool area. Everybody wants to live there. So what I would say is this, like if you're saying, hey, I want to buy a Ferrari and I live in the Twin Cities and there's one for sale, you're probably going to pay more than what it's worth if you want to buy that Ferrari. Same thing's happening in some of those pockets. Broaden your scope a little more and maybe start wandering one or two blocks outside of the, quote, Highland neighborhood. And you might find that you'll find a beautiful house that is not as much demand or um, because the, the address is a little different. 
but you can still get the benefits of the area. I, I totally agree with that. And the other thing I think that is kind of an interesting way to go about it, a lot of people, they try this on us all the time, is give us an offer right away and say we want an answer in two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, the way to do that offer is like in that situation, throw them you know, 25000 over right away and say, hey, it's in, with two hours. Now, you've ruined your opportunity later probably to go back because you just kind of called their bluff. But it might work with someone just like, mm-hmm. geez, we, who knows if we wait until Sunday night when they're accepting all these offers, we might not get it. Let's just take it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's there's an opportunity in which to be able to try that little game, too. Because and I, that's hard yeah. for someone to say two, two hours. Just give me twenty five thousand more and I'm not going to accept it. I'm just going to take the chance of waiting for the other ones. Well, you know, and, and Chris, you know, I, I think it, you look at the the um, housing on a big scope of housing used to average four percent. And then they look at the national charts. We're still trending underneath our normal 4% growth because of the way we dip so much back in the mid-2000 or early 2000, whatever you want to say. And so it went down so low, it's still coming back. We're still not there. So there is still room for, you know, uh, appreciation probably through 2022, um, at least if we keep going at the rate we're going right now, before we actually start saying, okay, now we need to see jobs go way up to afford bigger payments or housing will plateau. But in the meantime, you know, I think here's the thing. You might not be in a bubble. I think we all think there's going to be this bubble, but there's a lot of things that are showing that we're not in a bubble. There's not the foreclosures behind us. There's good employment. There's a lot of those things that are saying that it may not, you know, it's not going to pop, but it might plateau. Let's say the average house in the neighborhood is 600000 and it averages around six hundred for the next couple of years, but then it'll go up again because it's a great area. And like that one, what they said, that something appreciated 40000 in 12 months without doing anything, that's unusual. Yeah. I mean, in this market. So, um, but it's a, it's a, I mean, that's a hot area, mm-hmm. really good area. Um, pool or no pool when selling? <laughs> you I get mean, that once in a while, don't yeah. you? Above or below ground? There you go. I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, below ground, I mean, it's not going anywhere, but above ground, I mean, I a lot of times suggest people to adios that thing, take it with mm-hmm. you, get it out of there, just because it just, they usually don't look the best. There's a mm-hmm. deck built around them. If they go bye bye, I mean, it's just a it's a whole different thing. And that mm-hmm. usually becomes that becomes on a home that's um, probably not um, I would say a luxury home. Yep. You know, and a lot of people then can't afford to manage that pool and don't want to. Right. Well, know? and I, I had a, a situation with a, a seller that they had the house. I'd say it's probably a, a four fifty for value. And they had the above ground pool, and the strategy was we don't want to spend eighty thousand dollars putting an in ground pool in for this price point. We're going to spend six thousand, do an above ground pool, the deck around it, and do everything while the kids are this age. And then when they move out or move on, we will, you know, basically, uh, you know, uh, you can reclaim that yard. Yeah, and and that's exactly what happened. We put the they they wanted to sell that house with the pool intact, hoping that they'd find somebody that had the same needs that they had. Showing after showing after showing, they're like, oh, that's so trashy looking. It's so trashy looking. And then all of a sudden they took the pool out and and removed it, put sod back in, and the house sold like the next showing. So it, it I'm telling you, you got to be – there's a specific market for everything. And just if you're going to attack the market with above-ground pool or with whatever – I'm not saying there's anything against it. You just might have to look a little longer to find your buyer. Yeah, and in that situation too, and I don't I don't know the situation, but – I mean, I, I assume until they got that pool taken out, which took a little time, and then they had to kind of redo something there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we had to put it back on the market. New sprinklers. So from the from the time that you um, listed it until the time that you sold it, what was the list price to the sale price? Oh, we we relisted at the same price. And then what happened? 
it sold immediately. And it sold immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I mean, it was like the second showing we had, it sold. So I don't know if it was the perception or, or what it was, but it was, um, I've had that happen more than once where, you know, um, same thing happens with, you know, sometimes like an outdoor area where they have a big like basketball shooting area, you know, the, like we call them sport courts, but they're not sport, you know, outside. And sometimes that taking up the best part of the yard isn't always the best for the next buyer. So, you know, you just got to be careful what you're putting. What about uh, the other end of the spectrum? Uh, are people who are buying these executive, these higher end homes that you guys see from time to time? Total advantage. Uh, to that, that's what I mean. Yeah. And you're not going to get probably dollar for dollar, but then it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, hey, we, we've got a pool. You need to have the pool. I mean, we just had someone that uh, uh, turned away one of our houses, which is absolutely unbelievably beautiful mm-hmm. because it doesn't have a pool. Because you it know, does not have a didn't pool. Didn't have a pool. There you go. You know. All right. Let's take a break. We uh, invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate question, call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll be back. And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on CCO Radio. Uh, you can call in your question or you can text in your question. Guys, as you can see, we have uh, a little bit of both on this Saturday morning. Anything you'd like to do first before we... Uh... Let's go to the phones. All right. Jim in La- uh, Lake Elmo is first up here. Thanks for calling, Jim. What's your question? Uh, my question is my wife and I uh, are going to retire shortly. I'll retire in about a year and a half. I'll be 70. Uh, she's a nurse, so she'll retire probably in about four years. We're looking, you know, we don't have a lot saved up, uh, probably 40000 Um Is there any assisted financing for seniors or the fact that we're going to be on Social Security at some point in the next five years? Uh, is that a hindrance? Well, that's a great question, and I think that there's um, – I wish we had a lender with us today, but – Generally, income is income, and they will not discriminate against you based on your age or, or the fact that you're retired. So even any kind of dividends, so those people listening that maybe do have a few more dollars in the bank with dividends coming in or whatever, they strictly will look at your income, um, and then they're going to you know, give you a loan based on what your income is. Yeah, I'm not sure about what uh, other programs, if there's assistance on that. I mean, especially if you live in a home, own it right now. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's, you know, Chris, there's um, there's several different what they call cooperatives where they're designed for their situation where they would give the $40,000. That would be like the down payment, and then they pay a maintenance fee of so many dollars. And then when they go to sell it, there's a limit on the amount that that 40000 can appreciate as being, you know, that the co-op held it. So there's there's some really cool co-op. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with them. I don't sell a lot of them, so, um, but they are out there, cooperatives. Okay, another text question. Uh, this is from my little north northern friend here. Are there people looking to move out to Elk River area on large properties, twenty acres or more? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All is, the time. Good. Is it a well? The market's market finally it... warmed up. I mean, you know, the gas price is dropping. It, it's you know, you wouldn't think it would make that big of an influence when gas was over four bucks a gallon, and and people were just not looking for that acreage. The big thing with acreage lots, we sold one in a half hour basically up in East Bethel recently that was about 15 acres, a little farther up, but horse-based. And I'm telling you, some of those communities, those niches, why would somebody want 20 acres? You know, other than just, you know, solitude, would they want that 20 acres for a hobby? You know, is it, is it dirt so if you have buildings is or it, fences yeah, horses and really push or whatever. That. And then yep. those, those audiences are craving and looking for something that's, Considered to be close to the, the Twin Cities. Elk River is very close. That's a very commutable city. 
You also have the light rail. I don't know if you know this or not, but you have the the uh, light rail that runs right from Elk River, right downtown, and like something crazy, like thirty eight minutes. So that's that's a very very sellable piece of property. And I think the the important part is, and I. It, this always amazed me. I was looking for um, horse properties for people, and I can't tell you how many times I had to call the agent and ask them, you know, how many horses allowed here. Mm-hmm. You got to give people that information up front. I mean, because a lot of people don't, and mm-hmm. if you do, it can make your house look a lot better if people aren't calling on it. Right. Well, and it'll make a difference too. Like, is your land wet or is it dry? Is there, you know, a pond in the one corner so the horses can go roll in the water and have fun and play? Um, how much of it can pasture? So. You look at, like, for an example, some of these guys will say, hey, I can have six horses on my farm and they can pasture based on the amount of grass that we have. They can feed here till about August. Then you start having to bring and buy your food. People love that because, I mean, to board horses is is, is fairly expensive. So, I'll tell you what. you got to identify your buyer. Mm-hmm. Know what they want and then give them that information. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of simple. If you just take yourself out of being a seller, yeah. and my house is the greatest thing that's ever lived, you know, and it's worth this much money. And now look at the buyer and then think how that buyer is going to look at it. Right. Because if you get that right buyer and you give them the information, the right information, you're going to get a good price on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it is what it is. Um, I was out in uh, Prescott, um, mm-hmm. Wisconsin um, this this week and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful log home. I mean, it's beautiful. But my thought is, is that it's more of a second home. And, it's, mm-hmm. and previously, it's been kind of marketed as, you know, hey, bring your family out here and la, la, la. But it's a perfect cabin or like a VRBO type thing. Yeah. You know, and so now you don't want to just, hey, forget the families and don't market them. But you want to be able to get the information to those people that will, I think, is the most likely buyer because it's just right outside the Twin Cities. Perfect. You know, not far from the airport, but it's in an area that's just beautiful. So mm, Cool. Yeah. I, I guess I can't talk about it. I don't have it listed. But but that, that <laughs> that's kind of the, the point. Uh, Bob has a question on the phone. Uh, Bob, what is your question for the guys? Um, I've got a uh, 30-year-old two-story home. I had a question about staging. Um, we've renovated it beautifully over the years, way more money into it than I'll ever get back. But um, And my wife decorated it in a traditional style, really lovely. But a uh, stager came by and said, oh, your house is too clean and no one lives this way and you've got to get all these things out of here and put children's furniture in one room. And I'm just it's sort of besides um, very irritating, wondering, do your guys feel that it's better to stage down than to let someone come in and see a beautiful home and say, hey, let's get, you know, grandpa's furniture out of here and uh, put our stuff in? <laughs> yeah, we're both chuckling. That was good because um, I have heard that before. I've, I've mm-hmm. gone to houses after the fact and where they maybe had a, a stager, a designer, or someone come in first. And then it's like, what? What did they want you to do? You know, and change mm-hmm. the whole thing. I mean, obviously, you know, if your house is cluttered, I mean, I think sometimes some people have too much furniture. Right. You know, and so that might be it. But if you have good stuff and your house is clean and it's in good condition – I'll tell you what, every day of the week, I would want that. Well, and there's not one right answer. I mean, you know, you look at that, Bob, and you you say, okay, so I got one person's opinion. You're selling probably a, a very nice investment there. Get two opinions. You don't have to necessarily go with the first person's opinion. Get another stager out there. Tell them before get they get there. a realtor out there. A realtor. That knows what's going to sell in that market, and then they bring the stager in. Yep, that was my second uh, strategy, too, was that the, the real estate agent took you show too you. long. That's why I had to get to it. <laughs> I know. I should have drank <laughs> some out fancy of time. coffee. Hey, we do got a couple other things. 
Uh, tell uh, the the gentleman who asked about had the forty thousand. He said that uh, it must be a lender. Said a lot of time first time buyer home pro- home buyer programs waive that first time home buyer requirement for military folks if he's a veteran or his wife mm-hmm. is. Oh, cool. So there's yeah, and ways in which to be able to do that. So that's great. And the, you know that brings it back. You know, talk to a lender if you yeah. plan ahead. I mean, you're a year, two, three, four years out. You talk to a lender ahead of time. That'll set you up on what you need to do. Well, I think a lot of people look at lenders as being the the enemy almost in the front end. Like they're just trying to sell me stuff. They can guide you and make you put you in a position where you can really make things happen. Totally. And I, I just find one you trust, get a referral from somebody, and they'll put you onto a good deal. I think people are nervous to go to a lender because they're nervous right. what they're going to find out. And if you don't find out, you <laughs> it's can't like going do to the doctor, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm healthy. That's why I stayed away for 13 years from a doctor. <laughs> then I found out I'm in like perfect pillar, health. Pillar just of so health. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So All I right. was right. You missed page two of your report, pal. Uh, do we have to go, or can we answer this last one? We, we, if you want to do it in about thirty seconds, sure. have Lake Home. I have a Lake Home for sale on Prime Lake, sixty minutes from the city. How many appraisals? Anticipate multiple offers. What should we do to prepare for the sale? Uh, appraisals. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what they really mean by that. But hopefully, you do get multiple offers. But an appraisal is kind of a thing. Watch for. Uh, a, a buyer that uh, is looking for an out on the appraisal. There's multiple offers, and he kind of pushes it and says, but, hey, if it doesn't appraise, we have to renegotiate. Get that language out of there. Make sure they can um, afford it because um, if you do get multiple offers, that's where we have a problem. How do we get in touch with you guys? Prasky.com. ChrisRooney.com. Just like that. That's it. All right, you're going to come back next week, I hope. Please. We'll yeah, see. I'll feel lonely if uh, here we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll be back again next uh, Saturday morning with more real estate talk here on 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.